With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Texas Rangers, 
are 58 and 68, 22 games back. The Angels are 54 and 73, 26 and a half games back. And the Oakland A's are 47 and 81, 34 games back. This is looking, well, they're definitely looking like the worst team in the AL. I don't like how from the Rangers down, they, they're not even competitive. Um, I really feel bad about the Angels because at the same time, Trout has been out. He's making his way back and has been incredible at the plate in the past couple of appearances. They are so severely back. And all the money that they put into him, I don't think he'll ever leave the Angels because he's a loyal player and somebody that I personally like at, you know, as an outfielder and what he does at the plate. But what can the Angels do after every star player that they get? They they throw a ton of money to and uh, doesn't formulate. And also with Shohei Otani, one of the phenoms of the league, the outstanding defensive player that he is, and also he's a threat at the plate, swinging a bat. So um, when it's his turn to get paid, what does he do? Does he stay in Anaheim or Los Angeles, however we, we look at this, or does he go to a, a team that can handle him and also make a better situation for another team across the, the league, not just the American League, but also in the National League as well? So I think, again, I think Trout is more or less stuck unless the team is really ready to bite and make an interesting ploy at the Angels, which I doubt. because uh, He's been injury riddled, I want to say, for the past three to five seasons. It's, it's, it's within that realm of how great of a player he is and he hasn't been able to be available for the Angels and Shohei. He has to see this monster happening with this organization that hasn't really been able to get out of their own way, and they haven't been able to put pieces on this Angel team also. But they're 26 and a half games back. I don't see any turnaround in the next coming year unless they could get a pitching staff that uh, resonates to this situation. I doubt it, though. Um, but we'll see because I can't read the future, but this is how it looks at this point in time. The National League East, the Mets are 82 and 46 uh, ahead of – Everything moving except the Dodgers, but we'll get there. Let me get, let me slow myself down. 82 and 46 in the NL East. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are 79 and 49. They're three games back. The Phillies are 72 and 55, nine and a half back, and they just welcomed back Bryce Harper too. And Bryce Harper's actually been having a good start in rehab, and uh, also helped them recently as he got back to this roster also. So. This is going to be interesting to see if the Phillies can make a run at it. I, they're back away, so I don't know if they can make this happen. We will see. Um, the Marlins are 55 and 71, 26 games back, and the uh, Washington Nationals are 42 and 85, 39 and a half games back. It's incredible. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals in the NL Central are 73 games, 73 games won, 54 games lost, uh, leading the Central at this point in time. The Brewers are 66 to 59, six games back. The Cubs are 55 and 72, 18 games back, and the Reds have slowly creeped up to make it better than what it looked before at 50 and 75, 22 games back, and the Pirates are 47 and 79, 25 and a half games back. At one point, I thought the Reds were going to be the worst team in that division. They slowly turned this thing around, and uh, I can't even say turn it around, but actually gain ground. I can say that. I don't want to say turn it around, but gain ground to. Uh, not being last place, uh, the Pirates are carrying that right now. I don't know what the Pirates are going to be able to do. With all of the disarray and the players coming in and out of that organization, they haven't really been able to build any stability to make the Pirates a consistent threat. Uh, it's tough, especially in the Central, because the Central's loaded. Even if the Cubs turn this thing around, it's at least the Cubs in front of them. The Brewers are still a threat year in and year out, and the Cardinals are phenomenal playing baseball at this point in time. Um, in the NL West, you have the Dodgers leading the pack. 87-38, they are the best team in the major league right now. The San Diego Padres are 70-58, and 58, 18 and a half back. The Giants are 61-64, 26 games back. And the Diamondbacks are 58-67, and 67, 29 games back. And the Rockies are 54-74, and 74, 34 and a half games back. Um, this is stunning to see how good the Dodgers are being consistent year after year, especially at this point in time. They have 38 losses. They look like they are going to have probably, huh, I want to be fair with a number. We have September coming up. I think they can get 110 wins. I want to be fair. So that will be 110 and 52. I feel like that's fair. If they lose 14 games from now until the end of the end of September, that will be the 52 games. Unless they go on some lose, some bad losing streak, it makes it worse. I think the Dodgers can – clearly make this an incredible season um 
if they keep it together and, and stay away from that bug, and that bug has been able to trip people up, so on and so forth. So let me move it to the scores, the scores that we have as of yesterday. And it's funny that I brought up the Giants situation too because my boys played them, and we need to go on some type of run right now. But it's it's been interesting that they've been putting up runs in, in portions of these games now while they were just on a six-game losing streak. I, I, I don't even want to get into that. Cause I could talk about the Twins for hours. I really can. Um, the Angels won yesterday, though, even though I just was talking junk about them. They beat the Blue Jays in Toronto 2 nothing. Uh, Shohei wins the, the bout. Uh, he's 11-8 and eight on the season with a 2.67 ERA. And Manoa loses this one 12-7 and seven, uh, on the season with a 2.6 ERA. Her gets the uh, save. The Red Sox win their matchup up against the Rays in Boston 5-1. Hill wins uh, his game, and this is his sixth win to get away from the 500 situation. He's four, 4.32 on his ERA, and Springs is a losing pitcher, and he goes 6-4 on the season with 2.76 as an ERA. The Pirates lose their matchup to the Phillies 6 uh, nothing. They get shut out in Philadelphia. Uh, Kyle Gibson, the former Ranger and twin, he's 9-5 on the season. And Bede wins uh, – he loses, excuse me, he's 1-4 on the season. The Dodgers lose on the road to the Marlins, uh, two to one. Alcantara is gets his twelfth win on the season. He's twelve and six, two point one three ERA. And D May wins, uh, lose. I keep saying win on the losing pitcher. Uh, he loses and he's one and one on the season with a one point six four ERA. He's pitching pretty good. Uh, he's pitching pretty good for the Dodgers though, but he loses in this situation. Uh, the Reds, they win their matchup up against the Nationals 6-2, and I spoke on how the Nationals are struggling, uh, especially coming off a World Series win just a few years ago. Uh, but that that has no effect on what's going on right now. The Reds win this game 6-2 in Washington. Uh, Gabal wins his first win of the season. Espino loses. He's 0-6 on the season. Diaz gets the save. The Tigers beat the Rangers in Arlington 11-2. Rodriguez wins this matchup 3-3 three and three on a season, 3.60 ERA. Dallas Kiko loses. And this is stunning because this is a pitcher that I wanted at one point in time. Uh, he's 2-8 and eight on the season with an 8.84 ERA. This is incredible that Dallas has fallen this bad. I don't know if it's because he went to Texas or the string of questionability uh, from his move from team to team and I don't know if the injury bug is something that's bothering them, but this, that's a bad record for Dallas, and it was somebody that I wanted at one point in time. The Diamondbacks win their matchup up against the White Sox in the south side of Chicago, 10-5. to uh, Kelly wins his matchup. He's 11-5 on the season with a 2.97 ERA. And D. Martin loses. He's 2-4 on the season with a 4.85 ERA. The Orioles, Orioles beat the Astros in Houston, 3-1. Uh, Kremer gets his sixth win of the season. He's 6-4. Uh, 3.24 ERA. Urquidy, uh loses down at home, but he has a good uh, record. He's 12 and five on the season with 3.69 ERA. The Brewers shut out the Cubs seven nothing in Milwaukee. Rogers wins. He's two and six on the season with a 4.38 ERA, and R. Wick is four and seven on the season with a 4.73 ERA. The Mets win at home up against the Rockies comfortably, even though it's a 3 nothing win, but they do shut them out um, for the 17th shutout this season. The Mets have actually been doing well. Hopefully they can carry this into the postseason with them. Uh, Peterson wins. He's 7-3 on the season, 3.21 ERA. And Freeland is 7-9 on the season in a losing effort with a 4.88 ERA. Uh, Odovino gets the save for the Mets as well. The Padres win up against the Royals in Kansas City, 4-3. An interesting one, Hugh Darvish gets in his 11th win on the season. He's 11-7, 3.41 ERA, excuse me. And in a losing effort, Lynch is 4-9 on the season with a 4.7 ERA, and Martinez gets the save for the Padres. The Braves lose to the Cardinals. The Cardinals win this matchup 6-5. Uh, Helsley wins his eighth win on the season. He's 8-1, and, and Jansen for the Braves is 5-1, and one, his first loss on the season. Interesting enough. Um, the Cardinals end up scoring in the bottom of the ninth to win this one. They scored two runs to come back and win this from the Braves. Like I said uh, a little while ago, the Giants and the Twins went at it. Uh, speaking about the San Francisco Giants being an NL West team, the Twins have to come back from behind 2 nothing in the ninth. They scored two to tie it in the ninth and scored the winning run in the 
tenth on a walk, a bases loaded walk to win the game. Watched it. I watched this game, biting my nails like you guys have to get going. Uh, new addition to the Twins, Hamilton scored the winning run. He just came to the team too, so hopefully this consistency stays. And the one thing that is bothering me about the Twins is here goes Byron Buxton again, injured again, and he's on the IL uh, for the next ten days. Hopefully the Twins could gain stride while he could get better and healthy and uh, try to make a push at this. And they're within re- reason uh, to the, the Guardians, but they, they let the Guardians catch up and take the lead. Uh, the Twins win this game 3-2. Uh, Duran gets his second when he's 2-3 and three on the season out of the bullpen. Leone loses this one, and he's 4-5 and five on the season. The Athletics, a.k.a. the Oakland A's, win their matchup up against the Yankees in 11 innings. Uh, this is a 3-2 matchup. Uh, late error helps the A's beat the Yankees, and this is – Incredible to me because I feel like the Yankees could have went into Oakland and swept them. They end up giving this game up 3-2. Payumps is the winner in this game. He's 3-3 on the season at 500. Uh, You have Trevino losing this match, and he's 2-8 on the season with a 5.14 ERA for the Yankees. And the Guardians win their matchup up against the Mariners. Seattle, I need you guys. Uh, The Guardians win 4-3. Uh, Plezak is three and eleven on the season in a winning effort, and Munoz loses. He's two and five on the season for the Mariners. And Class Class A is the uh, closer uh, with thirty on the season. And this wraps up at least the talk that I have for now on MLB with records uh, across the standings and the scores that happened yesterday. But like I said, there's some interesting things that I, I spoke on with. You know, the Angels situation, especially while and Otani did pitch and, and did this in Toronto, too. It, it, he's, he's incredible. We haven't seen anything like this since, well, I, I was none of us were really born when Babe Ruth was out here doing this. Um, incredible at the plate and pitching. Um, and Trout has been able to find his way, too. Hopefully they could stay healthy together and uh, carry this into the next season because I don't think they're they, – they have to go on a massive run to at least get 500. Forget just to get in the picture to play – in uh, playoffs, but we'll see. Okay, so we do have somebody here. I, was, I wasn't even looking at the switchboard, so calling in, I have Mr. Harvey. Mr. Harvey, welcome to the bunch. How are you feeling today? Man, I'm doing well. It's always a pleasure to uh, to chop it up and, and, you know, do brunch with you, my friend, so good to hear your voice and uh, happy to chop up, talk baseball and everything going on in the sporting world. How are you doing? Um, I just got through with the baseball situation. Is there anything that you would like to discuss uh, that I may have missed or something that you would like to add on to? I don't know how long you were there uh, watching I, it I, or, I, I said watching, or hearing it. I, I, I Excuse me? Much on that, but I got you. Yeah, well, you were doing the record. So um, I, I agree with you on those comments on the Angels. I, to me, one of the interesting pieces, too, is they don't really have – they don't really have the – depth in the organization either right like so it's it's not like it's you can go get a lot of talent um there's there's a lack of uh of talent throughout their whole system um and they've they've had a tough time putting putting a winning team around these guys they got they started to trade some of their major league ready or some of their you know they traded iglesias to atlanta right at the break and got a pitcher and a couple pieces back. And so they they traded Brandon Marsh, one of their young outfielders, which that one didn't make as much sense to me, uh, to the Phillies. So they're trying to get some pieces and be creative as as they possibly can. Uh, But the other thing that makes this even more intriguing is it looks like this team is going to go up for sale. I mean, the owner's trying to sell this team. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of... I feel like it's kind of tough for the Angels. And then you mentioned, uh, you know, you talk about the Rangers, man. They fired the manager and the general manager uh, this year. So that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough deal too. Is they just spent this money on these big contracts, and now they're trying to uh, figure out what they're going to do there. So, uh, you know, Seattle looking well on their way, hopefully, to being able to maybe break the longest playoff drought in professional sports. You know, that's, 
Seattle has has gone the longest of any of the major fourteen uh, of any of the teams in the four major sports from making the playoffs. So maybe they can finally break that this year. You mentioned Philly, man. Um, when you were going over the National League, yeah, I don't think Philly's going to get back in that race, but they're definitely they're definitely in line to be one of those you know one of those extra wild card teams. So uh, they're going to be they're going to be a problem. And and somebody to, you know, somebody that, that you know you gonna have to go see. <laughs> so uh, they're gonna have to go on the road in the wild card series, but uh, you know they're in line to to possibly be there too, one of those three wild card teams. So uh, and, and that's a team that though with with Bryce Harper back and with some of the the bats that they have in that order, um, you got a couple of good front line starting pitchers. And Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, so you know that's a team that could end up being a problem in October in the playoffs. I actually, you know, I I think that the so the Dodgers are playing ridiculous ball. We talked about that and and how good their record is, but man, the the Phillies, Mets, and Braves all have a good bit of pitching. Like a, a decent amount of starting pitching, and they, I mean that those National League East teams, uh, we're going to see come playoff time. But I think they're going to compete pretty well against the West. How do you feel about the West, though? Do you think the Dodgers hang on and, and keep this momentum going from last year into this postseason, and still remain to beat the best team in baseball? Like who who's going to prove to win the National League, or is it them? Like. I feel like the Mets have some came out of nowhere this season and got a fire under them to have this this interesting record for this year. But who is the threat in the National League that could actually pose some type of answer to answering the the Dodgers not only at the plate but also to uh, get past some of the pitching that they have as well. I don't even want to give too much credit to like Kershaw and company, but I have to because they've been able to have this outstanding record at this point in time. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it's the pitching staff for the Dodgers has been guys like Tony Gonsolin taking another step and Tyler Anderson and, you know, guys that we were expecting to be on the back end of that rotation. I mean, this is the best team in baseball record-wise, we know. Uh, but come into October, and you have guys like uh, – you know, DeGrom and Scherzer from New York and Nola and Wheeler from uh, the Phillies. I mean, these are going to be uh, – these are some front-line pitchers, and these guys can pitch. I, I, you know, I, they definitely uh, have to be considered the favorites, obviously, with uh, with that team that they've been able to put together in that roster. But, you know, the old adage is, uh, good pitching beats good hitting most times. And, I mean, you just saw it again yesterday. Uh, they knocked Alcantara, uh, Sandy Alcantara, around the first time I saw him a week or so ago uh, in L.A., but he got his revenge last night. Sandy Alcantara, uh, I think you just read his record, 12-6, and six, but his ERA is in the low twos, maybe 2.13, 2.15, something like that. So, uh, you know, once again, he good pitching beat that good hitting. Uh, so I I think that I mean the Dodgers would have to be considered the favorite. But what's what's been interesting is, you know, early in the year it looked like they were all kind of playing around over five hundred for a while, and it looked like that might be that West might be the best division in in the league. And now it's just them and the Padres and. The Padres are still what? What did you say? Eighteen and a half back or something? You know what I mean? So uh, that's a a one horse race. Uh, that Dodgers roster is you know there's some guys that are starting to find uh, get hot that that hadn't early in the year. Um, you know they definitely have to be the favorites, but uh, you know the like I said with that Mets pitching um, and with with what Philly and Atlanta line up to like. I think that those teams, you know, definitely have a shot at them in the postseason. 
Okay, to me, uh, just to try to answer this question quickly so I can get past it and get to some other things, I think it's the Cardinals and the Mets that pose a threat to the Dodgers. Uh, more than likely to me, though, I think it's the Mets that probably will end up facing the Dodgers in New York and L.A. It just, it just sounds good. But uh, St. Louis has actually been able to turn this thing around, I want to say, as the, the summer came closer to the end of the summer. I want to say like July till now. The Cardinals have definitely turned this around. They are all hitting well in what would be a proper send-off. I, I like the guy, so I can't even act like I'm trying to hide from it. For Albert Pujols, Albert Pujols has been able to bring a championship or so back to St. Louis, and um, he's chasing 700. I feel like he's going to get there. Uh, I, I couldn't see he's him falling short in, in the 690s. I, if he could get to 700, that would be great. Um, I just want to see how far he can get because he's going to probably fall short of the 714 that Babe Ruth has. But just for him to be in the comfort of the 700, it'll be Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. If he could get there, it's only the three or four of them if, if Albert gets there. More than likely, I feel like he'll get there. They're going to start lofting him pitches. I'm sorry. I got to say that. I would, I, I'm going to say that myself because I like Albert Pools. I would be the pitcher up there trying to loft him that pitch so I could be the 700 you know, home run to go down in history with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's how I feel like this is going to end up going. They're not going to make him earn it because um, all of a sudden now he's hitting bombs, especially while the team is doing good together in the midst of that. So, um, rightfully so, great guy. Um, doesn't talk too much. If I hit like him, I would be talking crap, but he doesn't. But um, I think that this would be great if the Cardinals could put this type of work in to threaten the Dodgers and actually knock them off for the National League. It would be an incredible storybook ending uh, for Albert Poole, let alone all of the stuff that he had to go through from leaving St. Louis, going to Anaheim, then going to that Dodger team, and then coming back to St. Louis. It would be interesting if he could make that happen, but we will see as we have only a few more weeks left of Major League Baseball. Okay, so um, oh, anything else you'd like to add before I do get away with that? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't even close out properly. No, you're good. No, you you good. I mean, you're right. The Cardinals have been playing well, and Pujols kind of rejuvenated. But like I said, I I think it'll be Mets or Braves that post the biggest threat to the Dodgers. You said Mets and Cardinals, so we'll see. I, I expect a, a Mets Braves. I'm sorry, a uh, a Mets Dodgers LCS this year, though, and it'll be interesting. So we'll see what happens, and you know, we'll keep updating as we uh as we keep brunching uh throughout the the next couple months. But yeah, let's move on. I'm ready. Okay, so quickly, I want to do this quick for NBA news. There's not much there for me. Um, I'm still watching closely what the Lakers do because um, Jeannie Buss has made a statement. She mentioned every player on the Los Angeles Lakers except Russell Westbrook, and this is with the addition of Patrick Beverly. So this is looking like they are trying to get rid of Russell Westbrook. That's one thing to try to put the question mark around what they're going to do in the next coming month or so because the season is starting in October, so uh, they're going to have to make this happen soon unless they're going to open up and have Russell there. But it's going to look interesting with Patrick Beverly and Russell together, and they both have a beef. And with Patrick Beverly calling Russ out, I don't even want to get too much into that because I know I feel I get long in the tooth. But there's some other news in the NBA uh, that it draws question. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, the new member of the Boston Celtics, is playing overseas with the Italian team. He tears his meniscus. Uh, I know that this may be a short uh, recovery process, but still this is something interesting because he is in his later or in the latter part of his 30s right now. Um, healing is a question that is going to be in front of him, and he's not that mobile already, even though he's a 6'10", 6'11", type of guy that can shoot the ball. Nevertheless, he's out with a tear uh, playing with Italy, so he's going to be done until – I guess we hear more about the injury process. Um, that's pretty much I that, that I have on the NBA right now. I just know that, that that caught my radar as I fall into the NFL because at least I wanted to save the proper amount in front of the NFL while we're in the last week of the preseason and people fighting to make this 53-man roster as it has to be trimmed down as of, I think, tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. But nevertheless, uh, Tom Brady's been out. Uh, he comes back. He has an impressive series. Um, a lot of people are gawking at it. I'm like, this is Tom Brady. Like, what do you expect? Like, he's going to be good out there on the field. Unless he came out there and threw some 
questionable passes or he threw a pick six or something. It's like it's, it's going to be him. But, hey, oh, Brady, look, he looks great coming back out there on the field. It's, it's Tom Brady. Like, what do you want him to do? You want him to be bad all of a sudden? Like, this is the same thing that people are saying he's supposed to hit some cliff and that I, we haven't seen it. Like, Brady Brady could probably play till he's 48 if he wants to, but we don't want to see him out there at 48 years old. He, he tried to retire this year, and Ronaldo basically said, are you done? And he came back, he's playing football, and I guess it's some issues within personal reasons. I only want to say family, so on and so forth. He had personal reason that he stayed away from the uh, organization. He came back and played against the Colts and had an interesting series, and we'll go from there. But we've seen that. The Colts end up taking care of business in that matchup also. Um, we have some teams that uh, I do want to pay attention to. Uh, a lot of people aren't really into the preseason scenario, shall I say. But the Ravens have won their third straight, 3-0 and on the season, right? They have won their 25th straight preseason game since 2015. Yeah, they never lose in the preseason anymore. Yeah. And since, since 2015, they have not lost. Um, this is This is the question that I have. It's like, okay, when does this turn over into the season? Um, Lamar Jackson is the one that a lot of people that I'm around or associate with or talk to about the sport. Everybody's like, oh, well, he can't throw, and, oh, his contract, is it, it shouldn't be that big, so on and so forth. Well, he isn't out there getting it done, but his team is right now. And um, if they have the, the players out there to make it happen in the preseason, this turnover has to happen in the season. So you guys, to me, as a Ravens, I feel like you guys should be no less than 500, to be fair. So 9-8 and eight or better is where you guys should be if you guys are taking care of business on all levels, from the 90-man roster to when you cut it down to however many are left to the 53. Everybody's ready. They know what it's like to win. And Harbaugh, you, enough is enough for you to go out there and say, oh, well, receivers don't want to come out here and play with Lamar. You should put receivers out there to help him because it's just him and Mark Andrews at the end of the day when you guys go out there and start the situation. I mean, Duvernay is out there. Bateman is another name that we throw out there. But, like, are we looking at these guys to be postseason playoff threats ready for Baltimore? We have to see. We have to see. But, again, another question that's in front of the Ravens, too, is uh, Lamar Jackson has to remain healthy. And this is the first season that he's gotten injured. So that's not a consistent question that I do have in front of him, to be fair. But uh, they have to be fair to him also because I feel like they're waiting for him to get injured to be like, aha, we're not going to pay you. And it's like, that's, that's not right. I don't I don't like that. But nevertheless, they win their matchup up against the Commanders 17-15 to to round out their third win, and they win 25 straight games since 2015. Um, let me do this the right way because I'm in uh, – the bottom of the scores. The Broncos win their matchup 23-13 up against the Vikings. They're 2-1 on the season. The Vikings are 0-3 uh, out of the preseason, um, but I still feel like they're going to be a threat, so I don't want to weigh too much on the Vikings. I think they're trying to do this as safe as possible. Don't risk any injuries. The Colts, like I said, won their matchup up against the Buccaneers 27-10. to um, The Dolphins blow out. Now, this is interesting. I, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> the Dolphins blow out the Eagles 48-10, to right? I know this is preseason. But this is very interesting, Philadelphia. I know that this isn't going to be how you guys look going throughout the season. A lot of people peg the Eagles to be one of the forefront runners. I don't want to say winners, but the forefront runners for the NFC East. Um, but this looms the question. If the defense is ready, if, if the speed is going to be a threat to them, what do they do? The Eagles have to get out of their own way. The Dolphins are 2-1 and one on the preseason. The Eagles are 1-2 and two on the preseason. The Titans win their matchup up against the Cardinals, 26-23. to 23. Titans are 2-1. and one. The Cardinals are 1-2 to round out the preseason. The Bears win their matchup up against the Browns, 21-20. to 20. Interesting matchup. Justin Fields has 156 yards passing on 14-16 uh, attempts with three touchdowns thrown. Very impressive. He said that he in the uh, interview that he had after the game, he said, like, we're, we feel like we're getting there. We're turning the corner. So, Maybe this may happen earlier than expected. I still feel like they, they may need some, some consistency together, but this is all a new system, new coach, new everything. So we will see if the Bears do have that consistency. They are 3-0 and in the postseason approaching the regular season. Let's see if that carries over. And the Browns are 1-2 and uh, leaving the preseason. The Bengals win their matchup up against the Rams 16-7. and 16-7, excuse me. 1-2 uh, and two on the postseason, both of these teams. 
Um, there's been talk about what the Rams are going to do. They said they're going to handle this internally instead of letting the NFL handle this with the Aaron Donald uh, helmet swinging situation. I'm not going to lie. I do love this guy as a player, but the tenacity of the way he was doing that, they they may have to sit him down. I don't know how many games they are, but that that that's a bad sight to see while people are there, fans are there, everybody's watching him go crazy. Um, he's a champion at this point in time, but nevertheless, they don't treat anybody no different, including Tom Brady, including Benjamin Roethlisberger. So they, I want to see what the Rams do. I want to see what they do. I'm, I'm on pins and needles on this one. The Falcons win their matchup up against the Jaguars, 28 to 12. Um, interesting enough, the Jaguars are 0 and 4, one of the only teams to play four games in the postseason. The Falcons are 2 and 1, rounding out this situation. Um, They've been doing their thing. A lot of people think Atlanta's not going to do well. I feel like they're going to shock teams. I don't want to say they have a shocking season, but they're going to be games that they win that people don't expect the Falcons to come out with. So watch out for the Falcons. They at least pull off some. I'm not going to say nine or ten wins. I don't think that's going to happen. But they, their over-under last year was eight, and they fell right short at seven. And if it was Matt Ryan and Mariota and Ritter are the guys to get the job done, I don't know. We'll see how that pans out. The other team that played four games in this postseason was the Las Vegas Raiders. They beat the Patriots in Vegas 23-6. to Interesting enough, there's been so much looming around with Belichick and McDaniel and McDaniel taking care of business up against the defense. But the one thing that I'm, I want to say, like 3% tied into the situation is Matt Patricia is the talk of the town up here in the New England area and how he's been able to – find his way back into this organization and be one of the callers up here. And he's not looking good and uh, players not being ready up to par for what the Patriots are. So we will see if this resonates into the freaking red regular season. If Patricia, Patricia is able to get away with this, but he's been hiding in the, in the shadows for far too long to now he's got to come to the forefront and admit some of this stuff that's happening, even while he's in the evil empire, AKA Patriots way. The Saints win their matchup up against the Chargers, 27-10 in the Superdome. Um, and this was on Friday, actually, uh, covering these games with the Raiders and the Patriots also. And the Saints took care of business up against the Chargers also, 27-10. Uh, Chase Daniels was 10 for 11 passing with 113 yards. And Ian Book led this game in rushing, seven carries and 50 yards. He, so he was running the ball. And Callaway uh, receiving uh, led the way. Four catches for 65 yards for the New Orleans Saints, and this is on Friday. Uh, also, the Seahawks and the Cowboys actually got into an interesting matchup, 27-26. to 26. The Seahawks had to leave for the, a good portion of the game. The Cowboys turned this around late, uh, third and fourth quarter, put it together to get the win. Um, the third-string quarterback for the Seahawks had a, a series of turnovers back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, he threw a pick, and he also fumbled the ball as well to give the game to the Cowboys in Jerry's world. The, the Cowboys finished the preseason 2-1. and one. The Seahawks are 0-3. Hopefully this doesn't push into the regular season, but I don't see – how do I say it? I don't really see Drew Locke or Geno Smith carrying this team to be big-time relevant in the NFC, let alone the NFC West, because I don't feel like they're better than any team the way that they're constructed right now. I feel like management and Pete Carroll led this team the wrong way while Pete Carroll is – getting older. He's 71 as of September coming up. So I don't know how long he'll be with the organization, but we will see. I don't want to put too much of a window on him. And the Panthers shut out the Buffalo Bills 21 nothing in Carolina. I don't want to hang too much of this on the Bills because I feel like the Bills would be way better than this, but the Bills are 2-1 and one on the postseason. The Panthers are 2-1 and one also. Um, in saying this, Baker Mayfield has also been noted as the starter for the Panthers. Uh, Sam Donald has also gone down with an injury as well. Um, I really I feel bad about Donald at this point in time. I really don't know if he ever gets to start again in the NFL unless somebody gets injured. I, I don't think he's going to earn a starting job anywhere. The Carolina Panthers had him there. He went to start off the season last year, what, 5-0. and McCaffrey goes down. He has to man the ship, and it just completely went downhill. Baker Mayfield has so many things going on in Cleveland. He comes in there and takes this guy's job. I've been saying this since Donald's junior year in USC. They were hyping him heavily. 
and he, he stares down his receivers, and it's been happening from college to the Jets to now the Panthers, and he can't hang on to it. Um, he probably could go to a team like the Texans. I don't know if he could outplay like a Davis Mills or whatever. There are teams that may need a quarterback, but I don't think Sam Darnold will be a guy that we see as a starter, like naturally, like naturally have a job unless somebody's injured. I, I don't see it anymore, especially with Baker coming to take his job in months. Um, to round out the situation for the Thursday game, the Chiefs beat the Packers 17-10. to 10. Uh, The Chiefs are 2-1. and one. The Packers are 1-2 and two on the season, or the preseason, excuse me. And the Texans beat the Niners 17 and nothing. They shut the Niners out. Um, the Texans are 3-0 and on the preseason, and the Niners are 2-1 and to round out this preseason run for the 49ers. Mike, anything that you want to discuss from the games covered in the scores that have been mentioned? Uh, yeah, so you hear me okay? I just switched to a different ear. Yep. Can you hear me? You're good. Okay, cool. You're good. Cool. Thank you. Uh so I kind of feel with Justin Fields sort of like I do about Lamar Jackson in that I think he needs more weapons. But, you know, I've been hearing lots of good things uh, about Fields. Uh, stories I've been reading out of Chicago is that he really is progressing and taking a big step forward. So we sort of see that. Uh, and I'm curious to see because I think, it's a consensus right now. A lot of people are really believing that the Bears are going to be uh, the last place team in that division just simply because uh, they still got a lot of work to do uh, on that roster. But I think it would be huge for them if he can take a step forward and look like that, that franchise quarterback. Uh, you know, they they wanted to be the smartest person in the room, Ryan Pace, when he was the GM there, former uh, assistant in the Saints office. And he took Trubisky when you still had Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar sitting there. He took he took Trubisky, and that didn't work out so well for him, and now he didn't have a job. Uh, but Justin Fields being able to hopefully take a step forward, I think, would be good for this organization. I think that you're right about Seattle. This is going to be a long season because they're in a very good division. They don't have uh, they don't have the quarterback that can get it done. Uh, and I think that in some ways, Seattle's playing for that. They're, they're playing for that draft pick. I mean, they they're not going to necessarily intentionally tank, but listen, they're playing for draft position next year. Uh, I think they. Will probably, you know, that they'll be one of the teams looking for a franchise quarterback uh, in the draft coming up this spring. Uh, you mentioned it, Atlanta earlier. I'm I'm curious to see Atlanta and Carolina because Carolina has a few good players on that defense. So what can they do? I, I still think that those are your third and fourth place teams um, in that NFC South. Uh, I really like the Saints roster. I think they're pretty deep across the board so we'll see if they can uh if they can get anything done this year uh i know they got the the coaching change and you know dennis allen taking over there but uh you got a guy pete carmichael who you know learned from sean payton and they pretty much have the same uh, offense in place so we'll see we'll see what happens there and, and you're right i mean some of this preseason stuff we just kind of got to take with a grain of salt because they're still trying to get things figured out roster-wise. I think they have to be by tomorrow. I think they got to be down to like 70 or 75, and there's one last uh, wave of cuts coming up over the weekend before they have to get down to their official 53. I want to say that's uh, – that's how this is is panning out over the next few days. So, uh, you know, and there's always a couple of guys that, that, you know, don't necessarily make that team. And and you'll see a few guys switch addresses or, you know, another team that they, they think they got their 53 and then somebody will come available or get let go. And they're like, whoa, this guy can help us, right? So uh, you'll see a couple of names, notable names uh, over the next week that will – end up switching addresses and going to a different locker room um, as these final cuts come out. So um, just kind of, you know, now all preseason games are over, right? I mean, it's time to, it's time to get these rosters pared down and amen. And we'll have our first game in the NFL in about a week and a half. And then 
two weeks from uh, today, we will be uh, sitting here on the brunch going through all the morning action, picking the games, and getting back into the uh, the swing of a new football season, man. I'm excited. You and me um, speaking of 53-man rosters, we'll have to worry about that right now, um, especially what's going on in Motor City. Um, there's two games that take place today. The 1 o'clock matchup on NFL Network is the Giants and Jets matchup. They always have that every preseason. These two have to go at it. And at the 1 o'clock start, and then at 4.30, we are on. The Detroit Lions go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, formerly known at times for, I forget the new name that they have, receiver. And um, he's been the one that's been impressive, not only in the games, but also in camp and in practice. He's been terrorizing corners. They cannot see him. I, I want to be fair with, like, his size. But I, I want to say he, he's not one of those big receivers, but he's one of those guys that can make people miss. He's quick as ever, and he's a jump ball receiver, too, at that. So um, it's incredible that he's been doing this good, and they're saying that he is so good that he still may not make the team. And I'm like, no, don't do not do this to him because this guy's been going off. Um I think the first two games that he's played, he's had 100 yards receiving. He had, in each of them, he had two touchdowns against the Colts. So it's like he's been the go-to guy. He's five foot ten, um, so he's not that tall, but he can make people miss. Um, been doing great in the preseason, and the guys that they said they may beat him out for the spot is Trinity Benson and Quintez Cephas. Cephas is injured right now, so it's like put Cephas on a list or practice squad right now while he's not able to play. And Trinity Benson has not been able to outplay Tom Kennedy for the Lions at this point in time at the receiving uh, core. But he's the one that said, I have a chip on my shoulder, let alone Goff had like a, uh, you know, a, a players only, like, well, quarterback and receiver, you know, workout. He didn't invite Trinity Benson, but he invited every other receiver and tight end out there. But he didn't invite Trinity Benson. So he's like, if he left me out, I'm taking this personal. So I'm like, this chip on the shoulder may lead him onto the team because we all know Dan Campbell is one of those player coaches that want to see people win. So I don't want this to ruin what Tom Kennedy's been able to do because this kid has been phenomenal for the Lions. Um, I don't want him to go to another team. I don't I don't want to be able to go somewhere else and start causing havoc right now. I don't want to see it. And he's been scoring touchdowns at that team. Um, but he's 5'10". He's like Memphis when he's 195 pounds. And that's what makes him special. And and I didn't want to fall in love with him, but it's like more and more as I'm learning more about Dan Campbell, I knew this was going to happen, and it is happening. So hopefully he could turn this thing around. This is Jared Goff's third time on Hard Knocks. He was on there two times with the Rams, and now it's his third time with the Lions. So hopefully they could get this thing going. Um, that's all I have for the rest of the preseason right now. There's another new situation, the punter from the Buffalo Bills, Matt Arraza. I may be breaking his name up. I'm not doing that purposely, but um, – I feel bad on the scenario that's happening at this point in time because he actually had a punt that went 90-plus yards. He punted from, like, the 15, and he punted it out the back of the end zone. He clearly had that spot. He wins that spot, and the next day the allegations come out about him. And it's not like I'm, you know, vowing for him to get the job because the allegations that are against him are brutal. Um, but nevertheless, they release him as of yesterday. So he has no job. They have no punter. They have to find a punter now. They, I mean, they probably will go with a kicker or somebody off the practice squad to hurry up and fill that void. The guy that they cut in place of Matt Areza, when the Matt, Matt Areza got the job, somebody in the league already picked him up. So he's not even available at this point in time. So they're going to have to do something quick on the fly. Uh, they, From what I hear, there's somebody out there in the Buffalo area that used to punt for the Bills that they might be able to go after. So they are having this question question mark in front of them as they approach the regular season right now, but um, they have no clear-cut punter at this point in time. Uh, Mike, anything that you'd like to talk about, whether the Jets and Giants matchup, the Lions and the Steelers, or the Eraser situation before we start to get closing the brunch? Uh, no, I mean, you know, you you feel for everybody involved with all that. I mean, it's uh, that's, that's a tough situation. Um, but you know, I think they, I think they will find a punter. You know, I, I'm actually excited to. I, I love Dan Campbell when he was in New Orleans. 
I being out of pocket a lot of the summer, I hadn't really got a chance to sit down and watch a lot of uh, hard knocks. So what I'm gonna do is when I get when I get back to the house next week, I'm just gonna binge watch it and go all the way through it. So uh, I'm excited to get to be able to see all those and um, not you know I, I'm curious to see what guys take reps for the Steelers uh, at the quarterback position in this game and see how that kind of shakes out. Um, you know, that that's a team that for the last decade plus has, you know, had their quarterback and, and now you, you're trying to figure it out. What does it look like? Who's going to be the quarterback for that team? Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. But, no, nah, man, just ready for uh, – Get these games done and start moving towards the season. I agree. Um, hopefully this this pans out for everybody. And, and I, I did overlook that as the Steelers have their hands full on that quarterback situation. Mason Rudolph has the most experience within that playbook. I think Trubisky has the most experience in the NFL. But Pickett is the one that's the hometown favorite. It makes it very interesting for what Tomlin and that organization is going to do. A lot of people are saying that Pickett may end up getting the job. I think that Trubisky may end up getting the start at the start of the season unless he, you know, he comes out with the starting blocks bad, then they put Pickett in. I think now that happens. But the Steelers have been talking to too many different teams about trying to get rid of Mason Rudolph. So I think they're they're trying to cut their losses on Mason Rudolph. But it wasn't even like he was that bad. He has a winning record while he's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization for the little bit of games that he was able to start. And uh, when he was out there playing, he didn't have everybody at their full facility uh, to go out there and go to war with the Steelers as well. So this is pretty interesting to see what the Steelers have going on in the middle of Pittsburgh as well uh, with the names that they have right now. But, um, again, I feel like Trubisky's going to end up getting a job. Pickett will come in if he's struggling because it's almost the same way that – Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance went at it. Jimmy Garoppolo, they they were giving him a short leash. They were going to say they're going to pull him out as soon as possible, and they're going to get Trey in there, and Jimmy goes on a run and goes to the NFC Championship game. So it's like – and this is what's tough. Like, you guys draft the quarterback so high, and they can't play because the guy that's in front of them is not trying to lose their job. Who wants to lose their job to somebody just getting started? And you think that they're better, you know? So – and it'd be interesting if the 49ers decline from an NFC Championship game and Trey Lance doesn't get them to a postseason. This is something that they do have to watch out for because they are gung ho on him getting out there and getting the reps and learning more of the NFL. So, and this is, this is the same makeup of what the Steelers are going through too. So, we will see how this does end up panning out. Okay, so is there anything else that you like to address, Mike? Uh, Sport wise, NFL, NBA, basketball. Uh, no, that, that's it. I just want to, yeah, I just want to hit a couple of quick things, man. Uh, uh, while we've been kind of vacationing this summer, uh, Amanda Nunez got her got her rematch and and walked away with her uh, with her title again. Uh, man, Pena has a has a chin, but uh, Nunez came in better prepared and she sort of reclaimed her title as baddest woman on the planet. And then we had another title. Uh, change hands in the UFC last weekend. Uh, Leon Edwards, he was uh, losing the majority. I mean, he was losing the fight, man. And uh, he called his one with a kick in the fifth round, knocked him out. And so, uh, listen, he that that's twice they'll probably end up uh, they'll probably end up running it back and making that a trilogy series between them. And I think that uh, there's talk that Leon Edwards may had a card at. Wembley Stadium in London, uh, and so that Uzman may have to make that trip across the pond to try to go get that title back. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see sort of uh, how that how that pans out. But so we've had uh, a couple of title changes uh, in the UFC and seen some interesting fights there. And now they're also talking about uh, working on finalizing the deal because we don't know what's going to happen with Ngannou. So they're talking about working on finalizing a deal for the interim heavyweight bout with John Jones and uh, Neocic. So uh, we'll see what happens there, too. Some uh, interesting things in the in the fighting world going on. 
definitely the Usman situation. I I, I know him, so it's a that's a tough loss, especially for that, that being the second one. So they have to have the trilogy. Uh, what would what would be better without them having something like a you know the Gotti War type situation, especially in the UFC also, because both of these guys are warriors, and there was a knockout kick too that ended up winning that fight. Um, so we'll see when they make that re- uh, rematch happen. I hope it is overseas. I hope it is something that Usman not only has to get the rematch, but something that he has to earn. It has to be earned and, and Leon be a comfortable being a champ. It can't just always be in someone's setting. You know what I'm saying? It, it, he's got to make him uncomfortable to go get it. So I, I definitely understand that as well. Uh, there's been talks about the increase of the the Errol Spence and Crawford fight happening. So we'll see how that ends up happening soon. Hopefully that materializes as well. I did want to say something before we start to give the closeout. There's a BYU ban going on for the fans in BYU for volleyball, women's volleyball. There is a black player that they were playing up against. BYU was playing up against and the whole crowd was screaming racial slurs to this young lady, woman, however you want to pronounce it. I feel horrible that this is still going on in 2022, and I do want to recognize that now. Stop it. Enough. And I get that area of the country still has that going on out there in, like, Utah and Wyoming and Colorado, them areas is like that. But come on, enough. Enough. It's sickening. Okay, I don't want to hang too much of my hat on that. It's disgusting because I read that today, and I did want to cover that. I feel sorry for that young lady. Do what you have to do. Persevere through these situations. We we all have to fight a battle one way or another. Okay, so Mike, I need a plug, close out anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. Yeah, man. The first plug is always for you, man. I mean, without you, I wouldn't be here, man. I always enjoy chopping up with you on Sunday mornings. Uh, one of the highlights of my week for sure. Uh, listen, uh, come check out the barbershop on Clubhouse. We over thirteen thousand now, continuing to grow. Uh, have rooms uh, mostly every day. You can find us in there at some point. Uh, just chopping up, talking sports, talking life, uh, lots of different issues. So uh, come by, check out check out the barbershop on Clubhouse. Check out everything we're doing there. Uh, listen the the blogs. We're starting to get articles back up on SportsCityChefs.com. Uh, season previews, fantasy previews. We're bringing the uh, football show back this week on Tuesday. We got the Callers Cookout on Wednesday. Good versus evil. We're good. Good versus a villain. We're good. Always wins. Uh, come check that out as well. Check out our website. Uh, you can also listen to us on all your smart speakers and all those devices too. All you gotta do is say "Play Sports City Chefs" and we'll be coming through your, uh, into your home. So, uh, thanks for everybody for listening to us and checking out what we do, man. And until we meet again, laissez les bons temps rouler, my brother. Y'all already heard the French or the Creole or however you want to say it. Um, I'm hyped. I can't wait to get in front of a TV in the next, uh, let me be fair, I'll just say four and a half hours. I got four and a half hours to wait. Even though I'm going to watch the Jets-Giants game, I probably would have probably got an invite to go to that game, but I didn't want to go see that anymore. I just seen the Jets earlier this week. I'm not watching them preseason no more. I'm stunned and waiting for the Lions-Steelers game to go down. I want to see the Steelers quarterback battle and the Lions have a receiver battle going on, so it's going to be crazy. This game is going to literally be fun to watch. I'm so thrilled to see a preseason game, and I'm I'm not even that type of guy, so I'm ready to make this thing happen. You already know how this go down, Sports City. Man, SportsCityChefs.com. Continue to check out the website, the interviews, the blogs, the chefs. We'll be back here, like he said, Tuesday with the football show opening up with Sirius and company, and we'll be right back here with the grill lit up with the villain and yours truly, Thomas. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Kaboom, Sports City, Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon, they well in tune, blown like a flower in June, Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom, so tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again, pay attention, tune in, we on the set again, Uh.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I came from a low-income family that was, that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. You see, it became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.